Digital marketing can be a complicated, intensive, confusing, frightening, hey, you name it, endeavor, especially for marketers in the B2B space. In this edition of Ruby Apps Insights, we speak with an expert from Blue Wing who gives us five easy steps to kickstart a B2B marketing program. Our guest on today's episode is Steve Aguiar, founder and full-stack marketer at Blue Wing, a boutique digital agency that specializes in inbound marketing, website conversion optimization, social media lead generation, content strategy, and more. Steve, that's right. Welcome. That's, that's a lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, today in our brief time together, we're going to discuss how to kickstart your B2B marketing program using modern marketing technology. We're going to give five steps to get going, and these are going to serve as the framework for our conversation. I'm going to just jump into it, and we're going to go numerically from one to five, and then sure. we'll be done, and you'll be out the door, and All right. your day Easy. will continue. First, you have to determine your strategy. Yeah, so digital marketing can be is a lot. I mean, it's a very general term, and I think the main way that I break it down in my head is this difference between inbound marketing, um, which companies like HubSpot have really evangelized and become the thought leaders around, and outbound marketing. And the real difference in the way I think about it is inbound marketing is someone searching for your for your solution. Um, so just think Google, think you know, ranking organically through blogging, running an AdWords campaign um, against a really important search term that's relevant to your product. And then on the other side of the coin, you have outbound marketing. And that's more, think, social or display advertising where you're proactively getting in front of people who could be your potential customers. And when you, when you think about it in a really high level, that's sort of why Google and Facebook have this duopoly on, on digital advertising right now. They complement each other really well for that reason. One is more about search and one is about more proactively going out and getting in front of your target customer. In terms of the B2B you know, industry or industries, I guess you could say, account-based marketing has really evolved or emerged as the, um, the gold standard for, in particular, outbound marketing. And it's just this idea, and it's, it's pretty simple when you think about it, but um, it's this idea that you're running ads against a specific list of target accounts that you want to work with. So there's this sort of classical tension between marketing and sales at a lot of companies where marketing says we're bringing in leads, but sales can't close them. And sales says you guys are bringing in leads, but they're not the right fit for us. And with ABM, it's a really integrated approach where you, both the marketing and sales teams can come together, put together a list of specific companies they want to work with. Marketing runs advertising on Facebook, LinkedIn, et cetera, against that list of target accounts and the leads that are generated are past the sales, and sales already knows that they're pre-qualified and relevant. When we think about both of them, inbound and outbound, is there a particular posture of these audiences that we need to consider when determining our approach? I would say, you know, the first thing that I would look at is, you know, I would use a tool like SEMrush, uh, for example. There's a lot of different search tools. There's Google Keyword Planner, SEMrush, Ahrefs. Um, look at the keyword volume around what your product or solution is and see if there's already people searching for it. Um, because a lot of times in the B2B space, especially if you're a more niche uh, service provider, you know, there may not be people actively searching for what you offer. So in that case, inbound doesn't really lend itself well to like what to marketing yourself online. You might be able to do some sort of blogging and stuff to get in front of your target prospects for around specific questions they have. 
But in general, you're going to want to go on a more outbound ABM style approach where you're proactively getting in front of people and educating them on your solution um, over time so that they can eventually become a customer. Okay, so that's great. So we've determined our strategy. Perhaps our audience needs to, or our audience is actively searching for your offering, and perhaps in other cases they're not, which is going to drive that strategy. Yep. I mentioned audience brings us to number two. Yep. Let's define the audience. Yeah, so you know every, com- every company should have two things before they start with any digital marketing campaign. Uh, number one is an ideal client profile. What does the company that you want to work with look like? What's their revenue? Where are they based? Um, what do they offer? What's their industry? How big are they? How many employees? So you really want to have an ideal client profile established. And then second to that, you want to have a target persona. Um, and the target persona is the person at that company that you are generally selling to or marketing to. That could be the CEO. It could be the CMO. It could be you know the, the CIO. It really depends on what you're what your product is, but that's, you know, the target persona is the person at that company. So then that becomes more job title, uh, seniority, things like that. Um, You know, day-to-day job function, maybe what magazines they read, things like that, that you can use to back into targeting. So you really want to make sure you have those two things. And then after that, you know, you want to, you don't want this just to be like, you know, your target ideal client profile and your target persona, kind of these, yes, they they should be sort of um, ideas and documented, but really the ne- where you can bring that to the next level is with the lists and the data that you can use or, or you know, curate or gather or use tools to, to get where you actually create a list of target accounts and a list of leads that you want to target. Okay, so creating the profile and the relevant personas, that's going to come from some external sources, but also a bit of intuition and experience that comes from the work you've already done in your sector, but generating lists and being able to pinpoint with precision the recipients of your outbound or the targets of your inbound efforts, how can you do that if you have zero lists? There's a lot of great tools out there. Um, you know, LinkedIn Sales Navigator is probably the an entry level one. That's I think about eighty bucks a month, but really, really powerful. From there, you can go. You can spend you know thousands of dollars a month on things like Data Nice, Red Books, things like that. That um, you can use to say you want to know. Say you sold you know uh, inbound marketing services for people that use HubSpot. You can go to a data nice um, and say you specialize in the healthcare industry, right? Like you go to data nice, you put in healthcare industry, and then you can use that to export all the websites that use that already have the HubSpot tracking code. And then I'll give you a list of, you know, say a thousand companies that in healthcare that already use HubSpot that you can then, you know, that you know are on that platform that you work within to go out and use as a sales blueprint. Going back to the account-based marketing thing, this list really becomes a blueprint for that marketing and sales plan. Um, You know, that's, you know, with the account-based marketing, you can literally create account-based audiences on LinkedIn and Facebook, et cetera, targeting those companies. So getting the data is really important because again, that's the blueprint for your your outbound marketing and your account-based marketing. Um, and it's also the blueprint on the sales side for the companies that they that they want to work with and lead, the type of leads that they want to see come through. Just to go off on a quick tangent, yeah. for a moment when you were talking about some of these tools, and it does sound like you can just throw money at it and, <laughs> and something will come back. So, so how, yeah. how in terms of the tools can someone be uh, more prudent 
about allocating yeah. budget to get some of those answers? I think it's definitely, um, in this case, like a lot of things in life, a sort of a trade-off between time and money. So yes, um, I would say, you know, you go on LinkedIn and you can definitely set up a filter and sort of manually export or go one by one with those contacts and get them into an Excel spreadsheet or into your CRM. You know, there's a lot of people who use virtual assistants for, for this type of work. Um, ones that are outsourced um, outside of the United States that will pull together this data for you. So there's definitely sort of, uh, you know, budget-friendly ways to pull together this data. And that might take a little bit more time, but will be more affordable in the long run. Um, and then, yeah, you can always buy the Ferrari and just get, you know, reams of data very, very quickly if you want to go that route as well. Vroom, vroom. So once yeah. you've determined your strategy and you've defined your audience, the third thing is around the content strategy, which we'll call defining the offer. Yeah, so with content strategy, um, you know, I think of, you know, putting together a content strategy as sort of a matrix. Um, so you want to have your target personas on the left side and left-hand side, and then you want to have the different stages of the buying journey at the top. Um, and when you do that, you create a little bit of a matrix where you can figure out what content should you be producing next and what content you, should you be producing to help move buyers down the funnel. So, you know, the classic, let's just say, let's call it a classic three-stage buying funnel of awareness, consideration, and decision stage content. Uh, so for, for your target persona, you want to make sure you have a piece of awareness stage content, something very broad related to that industry that will get them to um, click or just come to your website. Then you want to have consideration stage content, something that's a little bit more geared towards your specific services um, that's, again, still relevant to them, but maybe more geared towards what your company can offer. And then lastly, you want to have decision stage content. And that's content that the person is familiar with you, they know all about you, um, but they're, they're in buying mode and they're trying to decide whether they should go with you or a competitor. Uh, so something like a pricing sheet or a case study or something like that, you know, uh, some sort of closing presentation would be a piece of decision stage content. So for each target persona, you want to make sure that the entire buying journey is covered. So in terms of creating a slight caveat, given the millions of people that are listening to this episode and the fact that they may be in different businesses, they may be in professional services, they may be, who knows? Fact of the matter is a buying journey can be dependent on that specific sector, on that specific company. Yeah. And there can be different stages that go beyond awareness, consideration, decision. And there can even be sub-stages within each of those macro yeah. stages. Definitely, there could be. You know, definitely you can kind of get as complicated as you want with it. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, for any company that, um, for example, like you mentioned professional services, um, if you're, say, uh, a management consulting firm that maybe deals with many different industries, you're going to want to probably take, take your content strategy to the next level and have a persona for each industry, right? And make sure you have a piece of awareness stage content for a healthcare or a technology or you know some other industry. Make sure you have decision stage content for each of those different target personas. So yeah, I would definitely you know you can you can get you can get pretty complicated with it. But um, I would definitely start you know persona wise. If your company dabbles in different industries, start with um, different personas for each one. And again, just make sure you have at least some some high level general generally positioned content that's going to bring people in, and then move down the funnel with with content that's going to more be more about selling them you know, against your competitor. Word to the wise, keep it simple. 
if yeah. you are just starting this process out, there's no reason to create more macro stages or even sub stages. Building this is a process. And so starting as simple as possible until you start to gain some traction is probably just one little footnote. Yeah. Yeah, I would start simple. Start with those three stages. Start with your intuition on what you think would make sense for those three different stages. What's going to be interesting is that as you start having conversations with leads, they'll start telling you what you should be producing next. One of my favorite questions to ask a potential client is in terms of determining content strategy is what are the questions that um, your, your prospects are asking you in sales meetings? Because those are the specific questions that you can then use to, to back into a blog post, an ebook, a webinar, and then add that to the buying journey for everybody else as well. We get um, all the time, like, why are you so good looking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, that's a not really relevant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes that makes good sense in terms of driving content, which is a segue to yeah. the next question that I have before we move on to number four, which is, if you're serving up this content, either you have the content already or you need to create it net new, and therefore you're going to have to apply resources and consideration to how you're going to create and serve content from existing sources or from scratch. Yeah. Um, Didn't think you were going to get yes-no questions on Ruby Apps Insights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. You know, can make them easy when we put them on a ladder like that. So let's move on to number four. So you have you have an offer, you have your, your stages, you've created your matrix, you know what you're going to actually serve up. But number four is about getting some attention to it. Yeah. Driving traffic to the offer. Yeah, so this kind of this kind of ties in with um, the positioning thing that we talked about and the first step in defining your strategy. You know, search, you know, Traffic in a lot of ways can be thought about as search and social, right? I think for most websites, that's the bulk of any, any traffic coming to you. Um, so again, on the search side, you look at a platform like AdWords. Is there enough volume for you to run an AdWords campaign against the keyword that's very relevant to your business or service offering? Um, are there questions that your target persona is typing into Google that you can maybe write a blog post about and become... Um, you know, organically rank on the top page of Google results for that and drive traffic that way. So those are the two, you know, organic and paid search. And then you have social. So looking again at a platform like Facebook or LinkedIn, you know, who can I target my, can I target my target industry and the job titles within them with the content that I'm producing and proactively get in front of those? What are the targeting parameters that are possible on LinkedIn based on who I'm trying to sell to? So there's a lot you can do um, there as well. I think, you know, I'm, I'm very gung-ho on paid um, at the moment just because I think organic reach is very hard to build from scratch at this sort of moment in time in terms of the evolution of digital marketing. Um, and I also think it's great because you see uh, results more quickly. So, you know, with a paid campaign, you can get the content in front of people much more quickly, really kind of with the flip of the switch, um, and see if it resonates with them versus trying over the course of years at this point to build up an organic audience, which can be really painstaking, really time consuming, and not sometimes not nearly as effective. So yeah, I think you know I'm very gung-ho on paid, both for search and social. I also really like organic SEO when it comes to, you know, for people that think really long-term and are willing to put in the time and effort to maintain a blog and they're they're okay with having the payoff be six months or a year from now. 
But again, um, you know, the traffic kind of comes back to that first idea of search or social and then figuring out what are, and also thinking about your content strategy, looping that in again, thinking about is this something that someone was going to click on in their feed if they see it? Is this something that they're actively searching for? And then, you know, putting together your traffic strategy from that. We've identified what the strategy is that we want to take in our approach. We've figured out the audience, both in terms of profile, persona, and the lists. We've defined what the offer is around our content strategy. We figured out how we're going to send people in the direction of that content. Yep. And so this brings us to number five, the last one for the purpose of our conversation to package this up neatly in a bow, is to convert that interest into leads. Yes, and this really happens with, uh, you know, digital marketers call it different things, but um, generally they're called lead magnets or content offers. So this is, a uh, say, a landing page on your website um, where someone will put in their email to register for a webinar, download an ebook, uh, maybe even a direct contact form to set up a demo or a meeting. So really, that's, the, that's really where the transition happens between marketing and sales. You really need to have someone's contact information for you to, uh, for you to be, be able to make a sale, especially in B2B, because um, B2B companies, um, especially ones that, say, offer professional services, need to have sales meetings to close a deal. It's not something where someone can just go to your website and buy a certain package, uh, like an e-commerce site or something like that. So having this, this moment in time where someone kind of crosses the tripwire and provides their information to you and you know having that synced into your CRM so that your sales team can follow up is really really important uh, when it comes to B2B marketing. So yeah, there's there's a lot, you know, in terms of converting those leads to customers, there's a lot that goes on there both on the marketing and sales side. On the marketing side, you might have some automated email set up so that you're continually peppering these new leads with different value propositions or different pieces of content to build trust. Maybe you're retargeting them on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, etc., um, with video or other things that, again, will keep you in front of them. And then you also have the sales side. So you, you know, th- at this point, you can have with their email or their phone number, can have your, um, you know, a business development team individually reach out to these contacts to get a meeting on the books. Because essentially, it comes down to a numbers game, a quantity of touches in order to break through, as well yeah. as the quality of the content and the Definitely. quality of the outreach. Yeah. Uh, I think the latest metric from Think with Google is uh, 21 to 24 touches uh, before someone makes a purchasing decision. So you really have to think about that in terms of your entire marketing and sales strategy. You know, you have someone maybe coming into a Facebook ad and then they get an email from you. All right, that's they became a lead maybe very quickly, but that might have only been three or four touches. So now you want to set up retargeting, you want to set up email automation, you want to have direct outreach from your sales reps. Um, You want to have all these other systems in place so that now this person is um, really in your funnel and you're, you're going to be all over the place getting these touches on different platforms. So in terms of touches, let's do some last touches. We're going to recap our five steps. Here you go. Determine your strategy. One, define the audience. Two, define the offer. Three, drive traffic to the offer. Four, convert interests into leads. Five. Yeah, that's a great, uh, I think, a great high-level way to think about it. I know a five-point checklist might be simplifying it for people, but I think um, you know there's a lot of things that go into all this. But I think this is a really good framework for people that are trying to think about how they can improve their their B2B marketing strategy to you know drum up more leads and close more business. 
Well, before we close this episode, let's figure out how people, if they're interested, Steve, can contact you and learn more about Blue Wing. Sure. Um, you can come to our website, bluewing.co. I'm also on LinkedIn, uh, Stephen Aguiar, A-G-U-I-A-R. And yeah, happy to have a conversation if you want to reach out or even have any questions. Um, happy to answer any follow-ups you might have after listening to this. A lot of happiness. Happy to have had you for yeah. a conversation today on Ruby Apps Insights. Steve, thanks so much. Thank you, Alex. Ruby Apps Insights is recorded at Studio 55 and is hosted by Alexander Kotler. For more insights and detail on Ruby Apps and enterprise software developed by Rubenstein Tech, visit rubyapps.com. Until next time, have an awesome everyday.